for a number of reasons. My mind has been going back to 1999. Easter fell on the same day of the month, and uh, thus the fourth Sunday of Easter, Good Shepherd Sunday, as we uh, can call this, because all three cycles, all three Sundays of the church year on the fourth Sunday, we hear from the Good Shepherd or, or the passages uh, surrounding that. So part of it is, if you remember back to 99, those that are old enough, on the 20th of April, 1999, we had witnessed the largest school shooting to that date at Columbine, outside of uh, Denver. I was asked to preach that particular weekend, that fourth Sunday, to the Friends and Benefactors Mass, 300, 400, 500 people that I didn't know, me being an introvert, preaching to unknown people, and being told, oh, by the way, there's probably a good handful of millionaires in here, and everyone's hurting, everyone's stinging, everyone's wondering, wondering why did this happen? Meanwhile, on Wednesday of that week, one of my classmates disappeared, we weren't terribly worried because he would have that habit of just disappearing, going to his mother's for a few days and not telling anyone. That Sunday morning, about five minutes before Mass began, me, nervous as all get out, the rector pulled me aside and said, oh, by the way, your friend is in the hospital. Don't pray for a recovery. Pray for a swift death or miracle. Found out after Mass, he had that flesh-eating bacteria. It had taken uh, root in him. I had noticed that he was limping the week before, and uh, knowing him, there were a few other times where he didn't take his health very seriously. I thought, well, maybe it's nothing. He was on a ventilator. Surgeries were unsuccessful. So long story short, my classmates and I began a 24-hour, around-the-clock vigil in our chapel with Eucharistic Adoration for about four or five days, I forget how long it was, around the clock. The Holy Father, now St. John Paul II, was contacted, who prayed. Mother Teresa, who had died, uh, but uh, there was a relic from her given to the family to put by his bedside. And his uncle, who happened to be a doctor, came in and consulted with the other doctors. And they said, well, we can't give him penicillin because he's allergic to penicillin. Well, he's dying, give him penicillin. Well, what about the allergic re uh, uh, reaction? Give him Benadryl. And it was just enough. He recovered, made a full recovery. Though he joked, he walked like a penguin. He went into the, we were to be ordained shortly after. He went into the Archbishop's office of the diocese he was from and said, You know, Archbishop, I can walk, but I walk like a penguin. And the funniest thing I've ever been told that the bishop has said is, Penguins I can deal with. He was ordained the last Saturday of May, and there was great joy until we heard he had left the priesthood some three months later. 
my classmates and I were disappointed. But all the same, as we come, we heard those readings and Christ telling us not to be afraid. If he is the good shepherd, he leads us and protects us. He guides us. That's exactly what a shepherd does. And here he says, good shepherd, and, and that word good is so often in our modern day thrown away. It's a throwaway word. How was your day? Good. How was supper? Good. It's kind of like nice. It's a four-letter word, isn't it? I think it's a four-letter word anyway. But in, these, in the scriptures, in the, in the Greek, good is not a throwaway word. It means morally perfect, absolutely uh, wonderful. Fulfilling one's task, doing it to the best of one's ability to be a good example, to be the model. So if a shepherd wants to look, uh, a young shepherd wants to look and find, how am I to be a shepherd? He would look to a good shepherd. Or here, our area faith community known as good teacher. Jesus isn't just a mediocre teacher, an okay teacher. He's the excellent teacher. In fact, that's the way that word good should be translated, perhaps. That gets a little wordy and a little lettery anyway. That Jesus Christ is the good shepherd. He is the one that protects his flock. And here in this passage in this, that we hear, a hired man who is not a shepherd, whose sheep are not his own, sees a wolf and runs away. And the, the word for hired man is a day worker, somebody who is not uh, regularly with that particular farmer or particular herd owner, somebody who is just hired. And you get the sense from the way Jesus words this, he hasn't even been trained how to be a shepherd. So he sees a wolf and he runs. As I shared that story about my friend, I unfortunately sometimes think maybe he was just a hireling who didn't understand what he was tasked to do. And I'll, I'll admit there's times where it would be easy as a priest, as a pastor, to just say, no, I'm out. That's it. But because Christ is the good shepherd. We as priests, as pastors, and the pastor, of course, coming from uh, the word shepherd, we need to look to Christ to find in him our strength. To know, yes, there are wolves out there. And we hate thinking about that. We hate thinking that there are enemies towards the flock. Sometimes it comes in trials and tribulations. This last year, I think we've seen a number of areas where wolves have roamed, certain policies and laws that were mandated in one particular state did not allow for a while anything to be consumed by anyone because of the virus, meaning that the priest could not celebrate Mass. That might have been a wolf because a priest is obligated, at least the priest is obligated to receive the Eucharist at the Mass he celebrates. In other ways, we see wolves all the time and, and the violence, perhaps, that 
22 years ago and the various other school shootings and various other mass shootings we've seen, there have been wolves. And my mind goes back to that particular janitor at Columbine. And late, more lately, there's others, other teachers, other people who put their life on the line to stop the wolf from shooting the sheep. They're the ones that look to the shepherd. They're the ones that find strength in the shepherd. They're the ones that follow that model. We need more. Perhaps this day, more than any other, we need to remember to pray for those that are standing and seeking to be modeled after the Good Shepherd. We are sheep in the flock of the Lord, and we shouldn't be embarrassed about that. Every once in a while I'll point out, you know, there's something uh, wonderful about being named sheep, that Jesus uses that image because ultimately sheep are just dumb lawnmowers. All they do is live to feed their bellies. But that would be rather cynical. Especially as we hear that we are sheep, that Christ is our good shepherd, we call to mind that we need to follow him, that he leads us, that he, being perfect, shows us the best way to live. As we hear in Psalm 23, he leads us to green pastures. He puts us to rest beside the running streams. He anoints our heads with oil. Recently read, why, why did shepherds do that? It's to keep the bugs off, to protect us. But here in the church, he anoints us with the chrism that claims us as children of God. And yes, we are children. In our second reading today, it's one of my favorite readings. Beloved, we are God's children now, and so often we swallow that word now, we forget what power it has. That right now, already, right here, we are children of God. Yes, even the oldest among us are children of God. Beloved children of God. This is who we are. And what we are to be is yet to be revealed, but when it is revealed, we know we, know we shall be like him. In the last few weeks, we've been hearing what that means in the resurrection appearances as Christ is transformed, his body glorified. But right now, we are children of God, and we're asked, invited to follow him. And some are called to follow more fully, completely, as shepherds. And not only priests. And this week I'm thinking in particular of the good police officers I've met. Oh, so many are under attack, guilt by association, with those that would be hirelings who would not do their job well. It's the same kind of attack I began to realize that we as priests have endured the last 18 years the, the good priests who know their job, who know, the, know their duties, who are trying to follow the shepherd with the best of our abilities, have been maligned along with, unfortunately, gratefully it's a few, but unfortunately it's a few, would seek to abuse. St. Augustine wrote in his homily on pastors how so many would seek to take the wool and the milk 
of the sheep without any regard of the sheep themselves. They're not following the example of the good shepherd. Rather, they're simply lining their pocket. What can I get out of it? They failed. In the scriptures, there's three words that are often translated as evil. There's a moral evil that would be opposed to Jesus, like the good shepherd. There is somebody who does evil, the thief. And then there are people that fail to fulfill their end, their telos in Greek, what they are created to be. The hireling is that kind of evil. We, as sheep, as children, know what we are to be, to follow the Lord, to be children, to love our Father who loves us, who loved us first. If we do this, and if we respond and follow the model of Christ as shepherd, the model of Christ as Savior, he's much more than a model as Savior, but follow our Savior, we know that we will fulfill who we're supposed to be. We will be who we're supposed to be. This day, as well as national, uh, actually international, I believe, World Day of Prayer for Vocations. So let us pray for vocations, not only those that are responding, we're privileged in this area to have three in the seminary and some discerning religious life, but for all of us to know what it means to be a sheep to know what it means to be a child, to know that we are called to be saints. That's the shorthand for what St. John is struggling to tell us. What we shall be is yet unknown, but we can say it is a saint with God for all eternity in heaven because we did what we were called to do, following Christ as model.